What's up, guys? This podcast was brought to you by 138. Uh, we're a new streetwear brand. Uh, if you haven't checked us out, go to www.138.co.nz. Uh, cop yourself something. Enjoy the podcast. Yeah, bro, got you. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Not bad, bro. How are you? Oh, chilling, bro. Chilling now. Good. Thanks for jumping on, boy. Fuck, it's been a while no, since we finally got it going. Appreciate you. I know. Fucking acting like we're busy. We've got nothing else. Can you hear me, sweet? Is that all right? Not yeah, too bro. Much. Yeah, bro. I can hear you. Good. You got that new mic set up or what? Bro, this, I've got the most hoary set up here. Look at this. Sitting on a bunch of books in the old man's office. Oh. Sounds all right, bro. That's where it's all started, bro. Uh, Jackson Thomas, bro, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, brother. Um, shit, a bit about myself. Uh, founder, sort of uh, one-man band here at Vintage Cap, which is how you mm. and I sort of linked up, I suppose, is kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Um, Auckland born and raised, 26, failed footy player turned journalist, as we all are. <laughs> um, yeah, bro, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I'll do a bit of work for stuff.co.nz, writing about rugby league mostly, covering the beautiful Warriors. Um, uh, work for YKTR Sport as well, mm. uh, do a bit of their stuff. We do show and go three times a week, that potty. And yeah, slang vintage clothes out of my apartment in Mount Eden here in Auckland, bro. It's pretty much me. That's pretty yeah, what's, your, what's your setup, bro? Like, um, so you live with Mumsy? Nah, nah. So I live with the missus. We live, um, I'm at my parents' house now. My parents yeah. are away, they're back up north. So um, yeah. we've come to look after the cat and all that good shit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So just me, me and my fiance and her cousin live live in the city, um, like Mount Eden, rather. Yep. There's a sick little spot there, heritage apartment. It's kind of like big open plan thing, two beddy. Looks um, Does the job. Yeah, it's mean, bro. There's like this little, um, oh, you would have seen it, like this little sort of, I don't even know what you call it, like conservatory or sort of like enclosed deck area. It's not quite yeah. a deck, but yeah. um, that's where I can do, like I've sort of taken that over as like podcast, studio, yeah. photo shoot area. Man. I kind of run the whole whole vintage thing out of there which they yeah. love <laughs> so yeah mean bro what what got what got you into like the vintage kit sort of thing obviously i've heard a couple of your things and you sort of sort of always been into it kind of but yeah kind of push bit, man. like i think i think you and i are quite similar and like you know well there's a lot of people sort of like us bro we kind of you know we all grew up loving sport um and we all grew up loving you know, not even fashion. I don't like saying fashion because that sounds high end, but we just, mm. we like wearing cool shit, whether it's kicks or, you know, it was snapbacks for a while there back in the day, I'm sure when you were coming <laughs> through, mate. <laughs> so yeah, all that man. sort of stuff. And I just, um, I don't know, man, I always wanted to, like part of me always wanted to work for myself. Like that was always, I mean, everyone wants to do that, right? You don't want a boss, yeah. you hates a boss. Yeah. Even if you've got a grouse boss, you want to be your own. So mm. part of it was that, but it kind of, the whole vintage thing just started for me, mate, with, um, I always loved American sports and I loved the feeling of rocking, especially back here because fuck all people rock it. Like yeah. I love rocking those old NFL jerseys and singlets and that. And they used to get mad sort of clout when you'd be walking around the boys like, fuck, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Yeah. So it was more just a bit of a flex. Like for anything, I used to buy yeah. when I was in my teens, every time I pulled together like a hundred buck, which was, you know, three weeks work for us back <laughs> then, mate. But um, yeah, and it just, uh, about last year, I kind of saw a little bit of a, opportunity for it for something a little bit bigger part of it was also that i saw a bit of a ceiling on my nine to five job um yep. not necessarily a ceiling but i saw that there was a limit kind of on earning and both growth in that field like to give people a bit of context i'm a sports reporter if i ever wanted to be if i ever wanted to start making big bucks you'd have to move into whether it's an editor role or a digital producing role or yeah. you get on the executive board then you're not writing so yeah. I always want to write. So my thing was like, fuck, okay, I want to write, but I also want to make a bit more coin. So vintage for me was kind of this vehicle to follow a passion, which is fashion and old school shit, but also supplement my income so that I could keep writing without having to move up the corporate ladder and kind of get away from the footy side of it. So yeah, yeah. I tend to ramble a bit by the way, bro. So (laughs) you're all good. You're good. (laughs) That's all good, bro. So um, how, how did that sort of process go for you? Like um, you obviously, you started wearing, you started wearing stuff, got a bit of clout. Like obviously it sort of moved into a couple of people wanted to buy stuff. And is that kind of yeah. how, how it grew? Yeah, bro. I, could, like, I, I owe a lot to um, Josh 
I'm going to fuck up his last name. I think it's Heras. Heras, um, who's one half of the Earls collection boys. So it's him and, him okay. and Louis do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I first sort of, yeah, he's, and I look, this, I'd never met the guy before, right? But when I first sort of, fucking hell, this chair's dodgy. Um, <laughs> the old man's been sitting in it all day. Um, <laughs> when I first sort of thought, right, I'm going to have a little nudge at this. Um, I, my plan was to, you know, take out a business loan and buy heaps of gear and open up a shop and, you know, go that route. And, I started sort of talking to Ice here and there as well, and he kind of said that that's a dumb idea, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, nah, nah, fuck him. He was, he knows, he's just a footy player, doesn't know shit. Yeah. I need to talk to someone else. So I reached out to Josh, never didn't know him from a bar of soap, and he goes, yep, sweet, come here, you know, buy me a coffee and chew my hair off for as long as you want. So I met him in Parnell this this last year, yeah, about March last year. And he was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> he yeah. kind of said, mate, you know, the best thing to do with these is to own your circle. And it's something I always fall back on. He said, mate, get 10 shirts and sell them to 10 of your mates. Yeah. And he's like, That's, how much is that going to cost you? I was like, oh, you know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. And he goes, cool. How much could you make off that? And I was like, oh, 400, 500 bucks. He goes, cool. Then you buy 50 shirts and sell them to 50 of their mates. And that's yeah. kind of the model I used to scale out. And what that means is I started with no debt. You know, yeah. first of all, I had no overheads. Yeah. And selling to your mates is so easy because they want to support you. Good mates yeah. do anyway. Most yeah. boys want freebies, but good mates <laughs> will support you. <laughs> you know that, mate. And, um, and, and it allowed me to sort of scale. I could, I could tangibly scale because I could physically see my circle as it was growing. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, I was selling in West Auckland and all of a sudden someone in Scotland bought my kit. It was like, I could yeah. see it slowly growing out. So I could adapt with it. I could adapt my marketing with it. So yeah. I owe a lot to like a lot of the growth aspect of it to, to Josh and I still just started like that, selling to my mates who sold to their mates, you know, and it kind of just kept rolling on from there, man. What what it was like the biggest sort of seller for you, like that you've always found kind of sells real quickly, like um, in terms of kit and with like how obviously vintage and you would be a little bit more into vintage than some people that just wear the clothes because they like the look of it. Do you find yeah. that like, like certain clothes that have a bit of, I don't know how you fucking say it, like history behind it, you know, like a bit of, there's something yeah, behind yeah, it, sure. they yeah. sell way quicker or? Yeah, like the whole thing with vintage is it's nostalgia, right? So yeah. uh, there's an analogy, I think it was not last year, the year before, I think the highest grossing shows on Netflix, I think it was 2018 were, or the most viewed rather, were The Office and Friends. So it's like, <laughs> that's, we've all seen that shit, but it's just yeah. nostalgia, it's how it makes you feel. Like I guarantee, bro, what, like you have five or six movies that are like, you know, five or six movies that are go-tos for you yeah. that you always watch whenever they're on, like whatever they fucking are. Yeah. And it's because it's, it's how it makes you feel. And that's what the mm. vintage does is it's not just, you're not just buying a t-shirt off the rack that everyone else has. You're buying part of the story. So mm. certainly back to your question, anything Bulls related, people love Michael Jordan and that whole yeah. story. So yeah. bullshit snaps up. I personally like, I don't really like the Bulls stuff, but that's just yeah. a personal thing. Um, but Lakers stuff, like anything with legacy behind it or story behind it, that's what sells. And it's part of what Isaac John and the YKTR boys have sort of taught is like, what's what's the difference between YKTR's gear and anyone else's? You know, you've got your own thing going, but their gear is a lot of very similar to what other people are doing. So is your, yeah. you know, your gear is not changing the game. It's nice kit, but you're telling a story, aren't you? Yeah. And so that's what people buy into, bro. I rate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what makes you different as well, man. Like without, you know, patting you on the back too much because I keep you honest, but like <laughs> there's been, I've seen probably 20 or 30 people try and do exactly what you're doing without the story side of it there. Mm. And it's not, you know, you don't have to be super comfortable putting your face in front of camera or jumping on a mm. mic like you've done, but just finding a different way to tell a story. Yeah. That's what people buy. So when they buy one of your jumpers, it's not just, oh yeah, it's a cool jumper. That's why I bought it. They're like, oh fuck, have you seen the bro doing this? But like, yeah, buy one of his kit. And then it, yeah. you, it makes you feel a certain way when you rock it. So that sort of bro. stuff always sells better for me. And I'm sure it does for you as well. Yeah, bro. I, I've learned that from, um, just like you said, ice and that, because how I got into the potty and stuff is I was actually listening to the ice project. Um, and then I heard your name thrown in there a few times. And the biggest thing I got out of it was like making a story. Like you just said, like with, with people buy stories, people buy, and they're and they're entertained by storytelling and if you sort of make something where like i'm big about kind of creating a brand as opposed to a business you know like yeah it's I almost second making a brand yeah yeah That's and so thing. people are like buying stuff sorry bro people are sort of buying stuff like sort of buying your clothes because of you know who you are not not the clothes itself kind of thing 
Yeah, exactly, man. Anyone, anyone who thinks, and I tell this to a couple of boys, there's a couple, not a couple, like if I'm honest, there's probably 40 or 50 people that have reached out since I started and said, love your shit, I'm starting a vintage clothing company, right? Mm. And I, I say the same thing. I'm like, cool, work hard, document yeah. the journey. It's like yeah. a little thing that I copy and paste, right? Yeah. Probably, if I'm honest, maybe five of them have done it. Yeah, the rest yeah. of them create these real cold accounts. They spend too much money on buying clothes and they're like, bro, I'm selling the same sort of shit as you, but it's not selling. Like, <laughs> can you tell Ice to wear one of my shirts? It's like, that's, I'm not selling stuff because Ice wears one of my shirts. I mean, obviously influencer marketing does work and we can get into that, but it, it's, yeah. it's the story element behind it and the fact that people feel like they've been a day one follower. So yeah. they're now a lifetime customer and their value goes from buying one shirt for a hundred bucks to buying mm. 10 shirts over the course of two years. And now all of a sudden they're a thousand dollar customer and you know, and if you have a thousand of them, we'll yep. fuck your way laughing. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably why you and I sort of connected so easily is because we're both trying to do the same thing and whether we think it's a super interesting journey or we're super mm. interesting blokes. Um, I mean, we are, but you know, <laughs> it's like, it's just telling, it's just telling a story in it. It's just documenting our lives. We're no different than 10 other blokes who could probably do this. There's probably yeah. going to be 10 more better than us start tomorrow. So yeah. Yeah. But what do, you, do you reckon, I've, I've thought about this before, you know, like your sort of persona, like your personality, do you think that kind of defines how well you can do that storytelling kind of thing? Like some people would sort of, you know, they're really good businessmen, but you know, they don't turn up to a party and cause I know for myself and I know you'd probably be the same after you've had a few beers, like fuck, you can tell a yarn, you know, like you can start, you start spinning yarns and you love telling a story, you know, like I've got people some that aren't like there, yeah. that. <laughs> people that aren't like yeah. that does that does that kind of you think it sort of limits them in that kind yeah, of yeah for, sh- for sure man there's a reason there's a reason the biggest personalities whether they're celebrities or sports people in the world you know um you know there's okay let's 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 look like this there's a reason that kieran reed isn't as big a global star as sunny bill yeah. and it's not because he's a worse player it's because Sonny's got this different sort of swagger about him and this different sort of way he carries himself. There's a reason Quade Cooper is a bigger star than, let's say, James Maloney. Is Maloney a better player? That's rugby league. It's probably not the same thing, but, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Probably, but yeah. Quade's got something about him and the way he speaks. Yeah. Kobe was the same. Kobe was never going to be Michael Jordan or LeBron, but for a while there, he was bigger in yeah. the grand scheme of things because he could tell a story. So there's absolutely a limit. Not everyone... Like we said before, not everyone's comfortable jumping on and telling a few lies like you and I, but there's other ways to do it. And that's why I say like, for me, it's written. Like I like to write so I can yeah. blog. Maybe that's the thing you do. Maybe you can't blog. Maybe you create mood boards. So one of the boys, uh, it's called the Corner Post NZ. I don't know if you've seen him buzzing around. He, he makes like um, sort of bespoke prints, like uh, graphics, artworks, like he does Muhammad Ali ones. Mike Tyson, one he did for me. If you check him out, it's at the Corner Post NZ on Insta. Okay. Um, but he's quite a—he's a really nice guy. But he's quite a shy guy. He's not super sweet doing this. Like he would yeah. be a bit awkward doing this. But he's yeah. got a fucking amazing product. So I said to him, I was like, "Mate, there's a way you can tell the story, and it's through your product." So he documents how he makes them, yeah. how he creates them. He does mood boards. Like mood boards are an easy way for creatives to express themselves without saying anything. Yeah. So there's ways to do it. Mood board. It's kind of like uh, it's yeah I don't do them but it's kind of like a gallery swipe where it's kind of just like you'll put up a bunch of different sorry a bunch of different pictures like convertible uh, and then Kobe and then one of your shirts goes. and then like yeah they're kind of like the way he's feeling and it's like it's a different it's a real sort of artsy creative way yeah, to tell a story yeah. so it goes a bit over our heads mate but it's yeah, like yeah, but that's yeah. their way of telling it you know so to answer yeah. your question yeah there's a limit because not everyone can be the loudest and funniest bloke in the room but mm. you can still tell a story and just find a different way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So content that, that one of the big things I thought about there was content for you, mm. obviously. Um, and obviously learning from mice as well. Like I can see that it's massive for you. Yeah. Um, how, how do you sort of, do you have kind of like a plan in place how you do it or you just kind of just pump it out as much as you can? Yeah, like I should. I'm I'm pretty um I'm pretty sporadic with my content, but because I'm the same. The, I'm the same. Yeah, like like I know there's loose things in place with YKTR Sports, like six posts a day minimum, mm. and we allow sort of Lukey does like six or seven react posts a day. Um, but for me, so am I the only bloke selling vintage gears at the moment? Fuck no, there's a thousand of them, you know. Yeah. But where I find my niche is that I'm creating the best content, whether it's mm. value or whatever and there's a bunch of people that don't like it that's sweet like i don't give a shit but 
I create content for blokes like you and I. So all I think when I buy clothes, when I sell them, when I tell the story is would I as a consumer like it? Mm. And so far it's worked thankfully, but content yeah. for me is just like, I do, I do still get like, if I'm being honest, I get that anxiety sometimes if like, it's been three or four hours and I've had no activity on social media. Yeah. I do start to feel like, what the fuck am I doing? I've got to post something, but I don't yeah. post out of necessity. Yeah. I start to just go, all right. And I'll post the fact that I've done nothing. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm very aware that I should be doing more. Yeah. But I'm also very aware that when I do do shit, it's got to be valuable. I'm not just posting a picture of a sports card because I pulled a new sports card. If yeah. I'm fucking amped about it, I'm just saying that now because it's sitting in front of me. But like, <laughs> if, if, um, if I'm amped about it, I'll post about it. But I yeah. don't like filling shit for the sake of filling shit. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah, 100, 100. So, um, well, that you sort of answered it there, but like the marketing kind of, do you have any strategies you use? Like, um, like you just said, it's quite sporadic, but do you like use different type of marketing? Like you use your Facebook, Instagram ads, that so, kind of stuff? Uh, I don't do Facebook at all. So there's a big shortfall of the business, but um, yeah. it's kind of funny and like, it'd be good to actually get your thoughts on it. I suppose it's like, I sell out on basically only using Instagram as my only sales funnel. Yeah. So I know that casting the wet, the net wider is definitely the go but I see Facebook ads as an investment that at the moment I don't need to make, Yeah, you yeah. know? So I definitely will like as the business scales and shit like that, I'll definitely do it. Yeah. But at the moment, my whole marketing is all built upon exclusivity, right? So I, I don't bulk buy. Um, I'm going to go down a bit of a vintage rabbit hole here, but bear with me, bro. So a lot of vintage resellers, um, the big ones. So who are some of the big ones? Like vintage marketplaces, like big grouse in Australia. They're unreal. Yeah. Uh, restated vintage here in NZ. I think they're in NZ. Restated vintage yeah. Yeah, I think, so, I think yeah. they are. They're like one of the big players as well. So what they would do, mate, is they would bulk buy, right? So they will have suppliers and warehouses across the UK, most likely uh, the States, Canada, Malaysia, all that. And they yeah. get in these giant bundles of clothes and drop a hundred fucking items every Monday, like clockwork, bang, bang, bang. What you get in that is a lot of content, a lot of clothing. Yeah. Whereas what I do is I handpick something and I'll get a hundred pieces, but it'll take me a month to get them. But I know that every single piece is the fucking get of physically yeah. seen photos of it. I physically know I would rock it. I know the fit. I know the style. I know yeah. how it smells. I know how crusty the graphic is. I know if it's got a stain on the back. Like, so my whole marketing is built upon building up to these drop days where I can give you every single fucking detail of every item that I know is fire. Yeah. Whereas with these other perhaps bigger companies, you got to sift through a lot of shit to find a diamond, you know? Yeah. So kind of, do you think that put, something yes, right, bro. Do, you, do you think, do you think that that will put a cap on your sort of growth? Like where you can, how, how much time you have to sit there and hand pick every piece of art, well, every item you get, does mm. that put a salad? Does that put a, you know, like a roof on, like say you, you can sell a thousand things that month, but you yeah. haven't, you haven't necessarily picked every item. Yeah, so the, the thing with that was, so when I start to look at scaling bigger and bigger, as soon as the workload gets too much for me, it'd simply be a case of whether it's my partner or bringing on someone else yep. who gets the game, who understands mm. it, you know? So I'm very like, I'm an absolute geek with it. So it'd have to be someone who's very similar, but there's people out yeah. there, there's people that do it for fucking peanuts, you know, you just yeah. want to be around it. So there's, there's not a cap on that. It would just be a case of scaling and getting people in the yeah. in the building and in the space who know the, who know the gig, but... Yeah, I'm kind of not at that point now. I can manage it. Um, yeah. It's a shitload of work, but I actually really like it. So yeah. um, keep cruising, I think, yeah. So what, what's the like? What's the process of when you get clothes in? Um, mm -hmm. I've watched your videos a couple of times, but so you like, you got the steamer and all that. Do you want to just run through like how it kind of happened? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Okay, so um, fuck, when I get my camera, like you've already fucking got the old, uh, the old <laughs> GoPro vloggy, I'll tell the whole story. But, um, it goes mean, eh? I listen to the audio, it actually sounds sweet as well. So I reckon I'm just going to fucking cop it, eh? Yeah, bro, I reckon it's actually, it's actually sweet. And like, um, well, I don't know what, what kind of um, software, what software do you use? To... I, I don't do anything. I do it all on iMovie on the old iPhone, bruv. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I use iMovie yeah. as well. Like, I, I use it on my oh, laptop. okay, sweet. Um, yeah. And you know, you got that, like, uh, you set the i don't know what you call it but like treble boost and things like that you know you do yeah, that. yeah. it's very easy to make your 
make your voice sound, sound smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what? So yeah, well, that's just that's a private conversation there. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameras. But, <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking about those for fucking months. Um, yeah, yeah. So my process, right? So um, at the start of every month, what I do is I send kind of a wish list, what I call a wish list, to yeah. a couple of the boys. Um, so the business model, for those who don't know, I have two suppliers that I mainly use. Two boys that buy kit for me in the states. Mm. Um, I'm not going to give out their names and numbers. So do that groundwork yourself, people. But um, <laughs> I also do buy, so every month I also buy the odd bundles, 10, 15 from other suppliers around the States. So I don't just use them, but kind of they're my main, they'll get probably 70% of my kit yep. on any given month. So I'll send them my wish list. I'll say, boys, I'm after this sort of stuff and this style, this fit between these sizes. They'll spend that first week going around collecting it. They'll then send me anywhere from 200, 300, 400 photos of all the clothes with a little fucking description, very brief, like, you know, um, Minnesota Twins shirt, XL, fits like a large, boom. Yeah. And I'll just go through and I'll heart anyone's I want, bang, 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 bang. Negotiate a price with them, usually at about 19 to $21 a tee, something like that. Yeah. Um, and between 23 to $24 for a crew neck and then between 25 to 28 for a jacket. So New Zealand? A jacket, so. Yeah, NZ, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so those are kind of the margins I operate off, but it kind of gives and takes. Sometimes yeah. I get shit for like $6. Sometimes I get shit for $30. Yeah, right, sometimes right. I get shit for $3, $40, same thing. But that's kind of somewhere in that range. Yeah. So I'll send that away, order the kit, sweep, gets on a plane, probably takes a week, week and a half to get here. Once it gets here, I pull it all out, make sure I get my eyes on it, steam it, use the old Kmart steamer. You can't mess with it. Steam it all <laughs> up, get it hanging, looking pretty. And then I just start building content out of it. So then the, yeah. the week before the drop is all just snapping photos, videos. I do a vlog where I sort of detail my favorite pieces, which you would have seen yesterday. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the whole model at the moment, man. It's kind of hectic when it does arrive because I've got a week and a half to sort of do it all. Mm. Um, but at the moment, obviously, and you would know with this fucking COVID-19, there's delays everywhere. So... Fucking yeah. Don't even get me Killing. started, bro. <laughs> I heard um, So do you, obviously you get a bit of, a bit of traction with like, you know, you got like Nuggy, Aaron Smith and um, mm. Wade and stuff wearing the kit. Is that an ambassador sort of, do you use ambassadorship or you kind of, it's kind of the boys just copying and they just kind of put online the support and things? Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't give anyone free clothes. So yeah. the influencer marketing model, um, I think I did when I started, like I think I, sent Quaid something. I think I sent Shandor something as well. I can't really remember. Actually, I think Quaid paid for his, whatever it is. Um, so influencer marketing for people who don't know is, you know, someone with a big following posts mm. picking your shirt and all of a sudden it's, a, it's the old model. Like when the cool kid at school wears something, everyone wants it. Yeah. Um, you know, in our space, if Sean Johnson rocks one of my shirts, everyone wants it. So that was yeah. kind of, I knew that. And I was lucky in a sense that the Warriors, you know, through my work with them, there was enough of a, I was comfortable to reach out directly yeah. um, to guys like Jazzy and Nate and that, who who I know would like like it and Sam Lasoni yeah. as well, like guys who I know would sort of fit it. Um, so I reached out to them and Jazz, Jazz copped some quite early. And when Jazzy started, then a few of the other boys started buying them. Mm. And I don't really know. I think Ezra came in after Quaid. So Quaid was through the ice connection. So they're all buying it. Um, yeah. So it's not like I give anything away to people for free. A lot yeah. of the times they do cop to cop at pre-sale so they'll get in like an hour before everyone else which is why everyone spews when they yeah. <laughs> jump on the website and some of the stuff is sold out i don't do that yeah. anymore but that was kind of the way we operated early on but yeah no nah, it's been cool man like to see guys like that you look up that i look up to like aaron smith and you know jordan kahu shandor all those sort of guys so like it reinforces if they're vibing with it then i'm doing something right because all i yeah. do is buy stuff that i like so yeah. it's a little bit of uh wearing your heart on your sleeve a little bit like bro yeah. have a look at this shirt and if they don't like it it's like it's <laughs> it hurts bro yeah, oh, i like yeah. saying that shit <laughs> <laughs> um so but that, that's what, how it all came about yeah what, what are your thoughts on ambassadorship and um that sort of marketing strategy because i know i'm sort of looking at going towards it um mm -hmm. feels you know like the way i'm thinking about it now is like how much money I think of how much money I spend on Facebook and Instagram ads, how much return I'm sort of getting. And mm -hmm. obviously at the start as as you'd know, it doesn't get, you know, you don't get return and people just go, Oh, few ads, I'm done. Like I'm not doing it again. It didn't work, but yeah. I've just, you know, I've invested a bit of money. As you said, Facebook marketing is an investment because it is, mm -hmm. you know, get stuff straight back straight away. But I'm thinking like if I'm to, if I'm to give away free clothes, what's that going to cost me? If I take that away from how much I'm spending on my Facebook advertising, 
am I going to get more return if I give this guy, you know, free clothes and he puts it on his Instagram? Is that something yeah. you would look at? Yeah, it's um, look, I'm I'm probably not like I can speak from the influencer side of things, but I don't Facebook advertise, so I don't know yeah. the turnover. Now that's a good one to ask. I just mm. DM the bloke. Um, but yeah, yeah. it would be a case of like the thing with um influencer marketing and where we're kind of in a unique spot is we're at an age and we either played with or know someone who played with like a lot of these boys are yeah. friends of friends of friends especially yeah. you like you know you, you kind of know someone who knows someone who knows someone if you don't yeah. know them yeah. um so there's automatically an end but the cool thing about kiwi and aussie culture isn't you know mostly a lot of the boys they won't just cop a freebie like they'll yeah. even if you offer it to them they'll probably offer to pay and the yeah. thing like where influencer marketing goes wrong is like i see some vintage pages they're reaching out to there's little thirst traps on Instagram with a hundred thousand followers who have their ass out in every shot. It's like, those aren't real followers. Mm. Those are just hungry blokes, you know, like, whereas someone like, someone like Quaid or something who has 30,000 followers, but they're 30,000 people who consume his content every day. Those are the people you want to target because their reach is wider. It's not as many people. So, you know, when they post up in in a one, three, eight jumper, it's not going to 2 million people. Like if you got it on fucking Kim Kardashian, but, it's going to 30,000 loyal followers. Engagement. Does that make sense? Yeah, bro. Engagement. Yeah, they're, they're way more engaged, those audiences. So yeah. I know Ice has a method. Um, I'll fuck up the numbers, but he basically has a cap on. He won't use influencers that have more than like 50,000 followers hmm. because it just gets fucking murky after there. Like, yeah, yeah. Unless you're someone like Sonny Bill or someone like that who, you know, still they are legit. Most of the time, it's just fucking bots and thirsty dudes looking for an ass pick like it's not <laughs> <laughs> i had a good i had a good um i was given some good advice and i've been thinking about using it with um with the ambassadorship and stuff where i'm I'm the same i agree with you where if i'm just giving people free kit and they're posting it like i don't see a whole lot of return in that but um so i've come up with this or i haven't come up with it i had the advice of it um is where i sort of have my certain ambassadors i've got one um down in christchurch just keen to do it but um he just needs to get ticked off with adidas things like that and i give them as i give them a certain amount of kit um you know whether it be every collection i give them two pieces anything extra yeah he pays for it cost of goods plus gst mm-hmm. whatever it is and he i then give him his own discount code so um this just says Kobe, Kobe 10 or something. I give them yeah. a discount code. Every time that discount code gets used, I then get, pay him commission on that. So like mm. I say, bro, here's Kobe 10. Here's your discount code. Um, I'll pay you monthly. However many people use your discount code, um, mm. you know, you'll get 5% commission of that sale, you know, like, so you can sort of pay on performance kind of thing. Yeah, I would, um, that does, it does sound really good. I would, avoid paying them commission on it in the interim yeah. i would just start by saying here's here's your discount code it's kobe 10 and use it purely for you in the interim to track all right we've had how well he's done i've given him yeah i've given him you know 300 bucks worth of clothing hmm. and in the three months that i've been doing that six people have used a discount code so yeah. i'm seeing and and i've got an extra 100 followers cool it's not worth it all right bro yeah. and then it, you know it's not hard feelings you just say sweet bro yeah. we're gonna you know go in a different direction you use someone else so yeah, yeah, yeah. i would definitely i'm all about it like i think it definitely works there's a reason like the thing everyone sort of goes back to is um i think it's ear you know ear the she's the boss babies chick on tvnz she's like half cast asian girl kiwi girl anyway yeah, she anyway. i think yeah anyway her story <laughs> is she's the one behind the waist trainer did you see those waist trainers those things girls used to rock yeah yeah um, yeah yeah, like corset things so she started that bro so her whole thing was she was basically i'm gonna fuck the story up but pretty much this is what (laughs) she's peddling these (laughs) things out of her garage and you know she's going all right making a little bit of coin and she basically just whether she borrowed or saved or borrowed from mom and dad whatever got together enough money and she got it on one of the kardashians got them to blast it out and then boom, before that, she's got a seven-figure business. So influence them. Yeah, I know. And she just basically couldn't keep up with demand and just started peddling them out. Now, professionally, what she does is she comes into businesses. Businesses hire her as a consultant. She comes in, revamps their whole social marketing thing, flips it, dips out, buys it, dips it, flips out. Like, she's unreal. Uh, so, but that's the whole, the whole, like, the reason I'm sort of using that as a reference point here is, like, influencer marketing does work. And you can mm-hmm. see direct sales 
things and things like discount codes are an easy way to track that i would just yeah. i'd avoid flicking them commission because then you yeah. shoot yourself in the foot yeah. and if, if they are you know whether it's a footy player or whatever they don't need the 100 150 bucks a month you know yeah, yeah. i get that you're sort of doing it out of good faith to try and build yeah, a little more yeah, yeah. partnership but yeah. i just i just roll with that for yourself so you can track it yourself man yeah no yeah sweet um Back to, the, back, <laughs> back, back to the clothes, back to your clothes, how you're talking about how you bring your clothes in. Um, yeah. And this is something I've also been um, trying to work out, trying to tidy things up because things like, like you said, you are, it's quite sporadic and like, you know, I've mm. been buying clothes and being like, fuck, this is what I think it's worth. I go around and have a look what everyone else is selling it for. And I sell it for that. Yeah. But um, now I'm starting to work out, you know, like markups and uh, how much I need yeah. to sort of, market up so i'm being so able to scale my business and you know how how i can afford especially with everything that's going on like china this the freight here i'm paying double the freight i usually do to get stuff here so like things have to increase like i've just registered as a company i have to pay gst so i have to incorporate that in. i have to make sure Mm -hmm. that you know i'm not like you said shooting myself in the foot and selling something for when or when i take away all the expenses i'm actually not making fuck all with your clothes, do you, without getting too personal, no numbers or anything, but like, do you have like, do you mark it up or do you sort of like, this is what I think this is worth? Like, yeah, no, I don't give a fuck telling numbers, bro. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, so I, when I first started, it was literally all just off feeling. How much would I pay for it? And to be honest with you, I still stick pretty much to that. So vintage is very different. Like were I in your position, yeah, I'd have, pretty strict margins because you want to build, you want to be able to sell the scale. So you want, say your margin is 60% or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, every month, if I sell 80% of my gear, I'm getting this much money and you can, you, yeah. you know what to prepare for and what to order for. So yeah. where I manufacturing hundred percent, I'll be operating off strict margins, but mm. I try and operate off a margin of 65 to 70%. Mm. Um, but where it gets a bit tricky and, I'm telling another yarn here, but um, Sean Witherspoon is kind of the vintage goat over in the States. So he runs round two Hollywood, which is yeah. like the biggest vintage shop in the world. And he's just a fucking cool dude. And he's even more of a vintage nerd than me. He yeah. tells a story of how he once paid like 120 bucks for this. He thought it was like the coolest um, Memphis Grizzlies crew neck he'd ever seen in his life. So he paid 50 US for it had it in the store for like six months, couldn't move it, couldn't move it, ended up selling it for like 25 US dollars, right? That same week he sold it, he pulled a $2 Tupac shirt, bootleg Tupac tee out of a bin and some NBA player pulled up and paid like 800 US for it. So, (laughs) yeah, hurts, I know. (laughs) Um, But the thing, so that's the reason I'm saying that is the thing with vintage is a product doesn't necessarily have a worth, have an exact value worth. It's, Worth is dictated by each customer. So this kind of circles back to what you said about a story. A bullshit to you might be worth a hundred bucks, right? But a bullshit to someone who's been a lifetime Michael Jordan fan who is fucking watching the documentary back to back to back, legally streaming it. That's a, to them, that's a $500 shirt. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't like to put a lot of worth, like hard numbers on things when it comes to bigger purchases. So if a supplier sends me a hundred clothes, I go, okay, I need to at least sell them for, 70 bucks yeah, or something yeah, you know yeah. whatever but in the back of my mind when i pull something out if it's fucking sick i go nah fuck that that's a 200 dollars shirt yeah, or yeah. by the other token i pull it out and i go there's not a chance i'm paying more than 40 bucks for that yeah. so i my, i'm very sporadic with that as well there's a yeah, thing yeah. fucking all over the show but <laughs> yeah where i in your position it's very important i think to have mm. some pretty strict num you know markups in place um, but for vintage it's a bit of the wild west because a product's worth is kind of dictated by the customer yeah what's what's this what's the biggest struggle you think you've found with vintage like you know running a vintage business biggest struggle man um from the personal side of things it's just time so like i you know i work till you know like i'm supposed to be working today but i I work till about four or five o'clock every day yeah try go to the gym that's a Mm. lot try you know (laughs) um you want to spend time with the missus as well you have dinner so I don't probably start work in terms of vintage work until about eight o'clock, eight thirty at night. And I'm there till yeah. sometimes one, two o'clock in the morning. So time's been hard, um, but the time is there. So mm. I wrote a blog about how to side hustle the other day. And it's, 
that's the biggest excuse people are, oh, but I want to do it, but I don't have time. It's like you yeah. do if you want yeah. to work. Yeah. You know, you just got to want to do it. So that's been a struggle, but it's a struggle that I've enjoyed. The business side of things, this, the hardest part has definitely been logistics. So you'd know there's no way around paying for shipping costs. Like everyone yeah. always asks me, like, bro, like I've got a very good shipping deal. One of my suppliers knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy sort of thing. That's the so way. Get, yeah. And the other thing is, which is a little hack for people, if you are want to get in the vintage game, is I get my suppliers to, if a, Fiends at uh, customs are listening. Tune out here, but um, <laughs> get them to lower lower the declared value. So if the value is um, over a thousand, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, they, if it's over a thousand, you just get them to duck it down, duck it under. So you don't pay tax on it. But anyway, um, logistics is hard. Idea, like, when yeah. you're sending sending or receiving, it's tough. You've got to pay it. So that's been something that I've kind of battled for probably six months to try and yeah. work around and now I'm just going to oh, fuck it like it's part of the game yeah just got to deal with it but to be honest bro like I'll be lying yeah I am yeah. yeah I am yeah I'll be lying if I said it had been a struggle like it's been pretty not easy but it's been a pretty cruisy ride for me so far just because I, I genuinely love it bro like if it was yeah. a hard if it was a job I hated it'd be a fucking nightmare if you went mm. into vintage it's not the game for you. Like yeah. a bunch of people have reached out just because they want to make money. And they're like, bro, that seems like such an easy way to make money. I'm like, can't do it. Yeah, hundred. What what's your um so you got the vintage, you got stuff. What's your role in YKTR? What's YKTR sports in there? Like it, bro, look at the hair, first of all. Isolation cuts. Holy oh, fuck. Bro. I keep this cap on 24-7 at the moment. Oh, bro, I know. The head's sweating. <laughs> um, yeah, YKTR Sports. Um, role there, I've got a very fancy email signature. It says uh, content editor written. So that's, I suppose, yeah. my role. Yeah. But um, basically, we're just a three-pronged team. It's myself, Ice, and Luki. Um, how it all started, I'll try and tighten this story up because I do fucking ramble. But basically... Um, I saw, I've been a fan of Ice, like yourself, been a fan of his content, been a fan of the gear, fan of the boys' story, their vlogs and all that for a minute. And then yeah. last year when he sort of started talking about his frustrations with the media and being someone in the media, part of me was taking offense to some of the stuff he was saying, but part of me also knew that he was spitting, spitting facts because no, no, no. I have the... Fi- yeah, I have the 50-year-old boss who's telling me to do yeah, these negative stories yeah. as well, you know, so yeah. it's a bit of that. But um, anyway, he said, I'm going to, you know, I'm thinking about starting this media company. As soon as I heard that, I was like... I'm fucking in. Yeah. So emailed him, well, I DM'd him and I was like, bro, I'm telling you, I'm a journalist. I've been doing this for five years. You know, I'm, I'm your boy. I'll work for free sort of shit. And he goes, yeah. email me what you've done, what you've written um, and stuff. We've got these little author by, uh, bylines. So it's just mm. a hyperlink to all of our story. Yeah. Emailed it to him, cc it in Tash and just basically said, fucking let me have a crack. And he's like, yeah, sweet, done. I flew over with my own coin. I just, wanted to get there and sort of get in front of them, yeah. um, which I acknowledge not everyone can do, but it's a great way. If you have got someone you admire and you want to get in front of them, it's to just pull every string you can to do it. So yep. he was more than happy for me to Skype him and have a chat. And I was like, no, nah, bro, like, I'll, I'll get on the plane. I'll do it. So I went over there last year in March, March, I think, February. Yeah. Yep. Um, probably the end of the year anyway, and had the chat. And me and Lukey were kind of talking about starting at the end of the season. Yeah, to kind of roll into this year and then the more we talked about it we were just like fuck it bro like this is just going to be a platform for us to to tell stories like we don't yeah. have to have us we don't have to operate on the round by round season so we just launched it then when i was on the ground yeah. um and it's been fun man ever since then we know with the show and go potty we do three times a week uh i went back over the end of last year and for a bit more stuff just catch mm. up with scope and that and sort of talk about our plan obviously with this virus it all kind of got fucked but yeah um we got big plans we just brought in well, we recently brought in another one of my boys, Danny, who's kind of doing a bit more of the sales side of things, yeah. selling a bit of ad revenue. Um, again, that dried up with coronavirus, but things are moving, man. So it's, it's been awesome. It's been cool just to pick their brain and, you know, you're in WhatsApp groups with these boys and talking shit. And, mm. You know, it's, it's just yeah. fun to, to call them on their shit and they call you on your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's refreshing for me, mate, because I have the nine to five where I'm at stuff doing the traditional journalism side of things. Yeah. I get home, I'm doing my vintage stuff. And then the next morning I get to do kind of what I want, you know? So the yeah. content side of it yeah. is just what basically the whole ethos of it is we want to create written audio visual content that you and I vibe with. Yeah. Right. Cause we don't care that Aaron Smith ran for, you know, that the Highlanders beat the Canes on the weekend. Like we yeah. saw it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Whereas that stuff I got to write about that. Whereas with these guys, we do more about, how many K's Aaron Smith ran, what he smacked afterwards because it was a cheap meal, yeah. you know, what shoes he wore to the game, <laughs> yeah, what did he yeah. listen to and warm up, like, you know, the shit that we actually want to listen to. Yeah, but... um, 
So yeah, I don't really have a set role with them. It's very floating. Lukey kind of pulls a lot of the strings and on the content side of it. I dip in and out of the Insta page in that, but Lukey kind of runs all that. And then Ice just green ticks everything or yeah, yeah. recrosses it if he doesn't like it. And that's kind of the way it works. Mad. That's cool. That's a cool little setup. Um, with Vintage Kit, what's what's your sort of next kind of step you want you're going to take to expand? You know, like what's what's your next sort mm-hmm. of – where to from here? Yeah, um, I've spoken about it before. Like I want to run a pop-up up here in um, Auckland. So I'm big, the big thing about Vintage and the reason I love it so much is because it's real tangible. Like you need to get your hands on shit. That's why I, I – through my content, I try and describe every product as best I can because I know how important fit is. Yeah. Um, so it'd be cool to run a little pop-up here and actually get to meet people as well. Like, yeah. you know, you get so many messages every day from people like, love the content, bro. Like, as soon as you do a pop-up, I'm going to pull up. Like, yeah. it's just going to be cool. So that's kind of yeah. the immediate next step. From there, it's just scaling, man. So it's just more kit, more often, whether that's bringing in, uh, whether it's Ice and the Boys or any other sort of investor to help scale it. Yeah. Um, that could be on the cards as well. Obviously, that's, again this fucking virus it's all been you know all the big plans we had have kind of installed but i don't know man collabs um little 138 hookups we never know we'll see how we go but um, (laughs) it's i don't really i don't hold on bro i lost you oh sorry yeah 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 yeah, Yeah. uh the plan man is the nine to five fuels the side hustle the side hustle fuels the investments, the investments replace the nine to five, the side also replaces your investments. That's the way to do it. So nice, bro. that's kind of the way I'm operating at the moment, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying watching your journey as well, bro. And I appreciate you pulling me on and talking a bit of rubbish. It's cool, bro. Um, <laughs> you want to, you want to make this your, so your full-time gig? Like you want to sort of get vintage kit to be that kind of, or you always want to have your hand in writing it. Yeah. Stuff and- well, I, I don't know, man. Like, my dream job is sports reporting and I'm doing it. Um, yep. So, I'm not in a, I'm certainly not in a rush to change that. The yep. more, and I spoke to Shandor about this the other day, like, I never thought anything could give me that little buzz and kick that being a reporter does. Yep. Like, breaking a big story or, like, going to the games and, meet, you know, chatting to the boys afterwards. Like, I fucking love that. And I knew I loved vintage, but I never think it could replace that. But the more and more I kind of go down this road, I'm like, fuck, I'm getting that same little buzz when i get a whole bunch of new gear or mm. you know when i move it so um i think i dream case scenario man i think i will move on from stuff eventually yeah um move into yktr sport on a more part-time basis yeah. and then let this be my main sort of main vehicle so and that way i've got way more freedom like you know ice is the best boss in the world he's just kind of <laughs> expects you to create content and yeah. do your thing and kind of gives you very creative license whereas you don't get that in a lot of these big companies yeah. as you know bro so it's like um, yeah, I think that is the plan, but certainly not on the cards. Like right now, I'm chilling, man. Like as soon yeah. as footy's back in a couple of weeks, anyway, so I'll be busy again. And I'm actually looking forward to reporting on a bit of fucking sports. Yeah, sports, man. yeah, hard. Be back into it's it. Been a, it's been a while, eh? What's the best? What What are you in the best story you've covered? Is well, your, your favorite? Um, your favorite? Yeah, fuck, favorite story. I got two. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna plug myself here. Uh, one I did started last year on Rog, on Tui Vasa Sheik. Yeah. The cool thing about it, it wasn't a breaking story. So what it was, was we sat down with Rog for 45 minutes, which is a fucking long interview yeah. to get with a footy player. Um, and basically what we did was we just told his story from start to finish as raw as we possibly could in his words. It was just in a black lit room, him looking yep. straight down the barrel of this like cinematic lens. I'll send you the link so you can check it. Yep. Um, it was just called The Step and it was basically breaking down the story about how him and his dad built this weapon that he's now turned into a million yeah. dollar thing, you know? So that was kind of the ethos of it. And just the, and we got this, we found this young family in South Auckland that kind of reenacted it and played his family as he was as he was telling his story. So it just flowed real beautifully. And like, like it, so it's cool. Roger's words. He's kind of voicing over this little kid um, out there in Otar. And he's kind of yeah. running around the backyard with his old man as Roger's describing, like doing shuttles like, between the clotheslines and stuff like that. So yeah. I was really proud of how that came out. And I know Roger liked it as well. So that was cool. The other thing was I did a five month project with the St. Peter's first 15 up here in Auckland. Yeah. Um, for someone, I went to a small school. I went to Green Bay out west here. We played in the first 15, but it was the fourth grade team. <laughs> <laughs> four, four B champs, 22. Um, Let's go. Fuck why Fuck Um <laughs> And so it was cool for me to get a peek behind the curtain of what these 
real elite schoolboy programs look like and how fucking professional it is, man. Yeah. Like for, for the bulk of people, like, did you you play school footy? Did you play first yeah, team yeah. or? Yeah, I played at um, St. Kent's, bro. Oh, well, there you go, can't. Um, so, so, <laughs> same thing. So, like, for, for most people, bro, like, we don't understand it. Like, we're the people up in the up in the bleachers swinging our scarves around. Like, yeah. we don't see the work. Like, he, the part of the reason the story is so cool to me is, like, we got these two boys and we followed them for five months through the whole preseason and yeah. we're able to see that, yeah, they were training like professionals and they were getting physio like professionals and getting interviewed like professionals, but they were just kids. Like yeah. it would like, so the way it was cut was like, they would be doing that and they'd have these agents calling them and all these weird things going on. And then they'd yeah. go have lunch with their mates and like, they'd be talking like kids like, cool. yeah. <laughs> you know, and playing ball rush in their uniform and shit. So yeah, it was really beautiful. Like the way, again, that it was one of our visual journalists who shot at Abby, um, she did an amazing job with it. And it was cool for someone who wasn't able to play first 15 rugby to get that peek behind the curtain. And the biggest yeah. part for me and the thing I wanted to do was squash a lot of those misconceptions that these boys are just at school to play footy. Yeah. That they don't care about anything else. That yeah. school's not important to them because that just wasn't the case. Like yeah. I know a lot of boys it is, but these guys were really plugged in at school. They were plugged into their communities. A lot of them were doing it for their families who, you know, could have sent them to any school out west or south, but, you know, did what they had to to drive them every day to get to St. Peter's. Yeah. So it was an amazing, I, that's, I was the most proud of that just because it was so well shot and it was also a chance for me as someone who never got to see that world to actually yeah. see that world. So should have done St. Kent's, but they wouldn't let us in. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> a curtain you can't there, open, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to see the money on it, go back. What's the... Uh, What's the thoughts on obviously Ice talks a bit about it too, the old um the old uni gig. Did you go to uni? I did, yeah, dropped out, yeah. So you didn't finish? Nah, I um you know, what are my thoughts on uni is what you're gonna say, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um depends on what you wanna do. I don't think it's necessary anymore. So and this is coming from a guy who went. So I went to uni tech up here in Auckland, um, yeah. studied comms because I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. Yeah. And then once through a mate who kind of pushed me in the right direction when I realized I wanted to do footy I dropped out of my degree with six months to go was lucky enough that my old man could pay for me he sent me over to Melbourne to go to a journalism college and it was like a streamlined one-year jam-packed course where I kind of got everything I really needed mm. so obviously I'm very lucky and a lot of people can't do that um mm. so I am aware that I'm lucky in hindsight it did get me in the door which mm. is what you need but yeah. if you're asking if I learned anything valuable in it nah like you learn kind of everything on the job, don't you? So particularly when it comes to business. So with vintage, no, I haven't studied a fucking lick of business. Haven't studied fashion, haven't studied design, haven't studied social media marketing, yeah. haven't studied any of that. That's yeah. all shit you learn from doing and from yeah. observing. So um, like my, my missus has just started her, she started an interior styling, uh, interior home styling business called Make the Bed. Yeah. And she was, we were talking about her. She said, oh, maybe I need to go to uni and, I knew I didn't want to tell her what to do. I knew that that wasn't a good idea, but I was like, you know, let's just, let's see how we go and see yeah. how you roll and try and make some industry contacts first. And if you have to, yeah, we'll do that. She's yeah. away now. Yeah. She's, she's learning every day and getting better and better at social media and more comfortable chucking herself on camera. And mm. she's got a bigger industry people reaching out and it's the uni route. I think is just so tired, man. It's, it's, it's so yeah. expensive as well. It's three years. Imagine what you or I are going to be doing in three years, bro. Yeah. Imagine like how big the business is going to be or where we're going to be at. What Shit we're going with versus, Yeah, well, fucking that's the biggest thing versus uh, sticking our nose in a textbook and being 50 grand in debt. Like, 100. I don't know, man. It's, it, was, it certainly wasn't for me. And in terms of the world of business, I just don't think these days you need it. Well, you, you, learn, how, you learn how to tackle. You don't read a book about it, do you? You go out and do it, so... Well, yeah, I, I, I still couldn't learn it. <laughs> I get your point. <laughs> uh, well, I've got a couple... Couple questions here. Um, wrap it right. up with a few questions. Uh, w- would you play in the NRL if you were offered? Would I play in the NRL? Besides <laughs> yep. me, fucking hell, yeah, <laughs> bro. I would do anything to get one hit up, one hit up, <laughs> absolutely. And I'm telling you right now, I'll do anything to rush out of the line and try and smoke someone as well. I'll blow my shoulder apart and I get bunted, but fucking a. I'll so Cooney, Cooney gives you a call. Um, get over here. We need you. I tell you what, they're that short on players. I've got my boots ready. I'm ready. To <laughs> home, man, if, if he needs me, 
I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll be fitter than half them as well, mate. Let's be honest. Come on. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, you know what would be cool, though, on that would be would be to get a bunch of journos who talk shit all year and, and play a game for, like, an opposed session. Yeah. Yep. And get, like, get, like, Jazzy Tavanga and get a couple of the boys who can absolutely go out there and smoke them to, <laughs> to run as well. I'd be a part of that. I'd wear a couple of shots to just to fucking put a few on, I think. Fuck yeah. I'd love to see that. I'd pay money to see that. Paul Kent running a short ball. <laughs> just He's not smoked. very liked, is he? Oh, bro. No. Um, He's actually, I, I shouldn't say that. I've, yeah. I've, only, I've, only to him. I've only spoken to him once and he was nice to me. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, we'll brush that one. Uh, Netflix, <laughs> Netflix go at the moment. Netflix go at the moment. Nah, on a Disney Plus kick, mate. Off the Netflix. Getting, True. Uh, getting my nostalgia in on Disney Plus. Yep, me and the missus. What did we watch? We watched... We watched yesterday Atlantis or some old school. We're watching like yeah. a bunch of weird Disney movies that like we didn't watch when we were growing up just because we're fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but obviously watching the Jordan Doc every Monday, um, Smack Tiger King in about two days. Uh, yeah, I tried to watch fucking, um, what did I try and watch the heist movie? Uh, heist Money Heist. Series? Money Heist. Have you watched it? Nah, bro. Been, been, bro. Def- been recommended it. Do not. Whoever's recommending oh, it. Oh, true. <laughs> nah, I don't know what everyone's going on about. Yeah, it's don't like, they like it's, not it's, speak English, or they do? Nah, but now it's a yeah, it's dubbed. Is it dubbed? Yeah, dubbed. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like English speaking over it, but it's you can't get past it. Like it's just weird because the yeah. the translations are real like accurate. So yeah. when they're speaking Spanish and it translates to English, it just doesn't sound like a sentence anyone would yeah, actually say. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I'm watching the whole thing, just not believing it. And we got about four episodes deep. I don't even know how, I don't know if they got away or not, but I'm telling you, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, your, uh, last one to wrap it up, your best piss-up trip and story. Best piss-up trip and story. Oh, anything I can put on the airwaves. Um, nah, best piss-up trip. I'll tell you what, going, going, to, going to Aussie last year and, and meeting the boys, um, it wasn't like a big night where we got on the piss and got up to mischief, but just having a few beers with, with Ice and Lukey and Chico as well and Hoz and just talking sort of, oh, this is fucking lame, but just talking um, yeah. talking business and talking like, you know, just general shit and kind of hearing yeah. hearing them relaxed, you know, like hearing footy players talk in a relaxed environment because I only ever hear them professionally, right? So yeah. as much as journos, we like to pretend the players are our mates, they're not our mates. Like, yeah. you know, they're putting on the face so yeah. seeing them relaxed and being able to let their hair down having a shisha having a couple of beers and chilling like that was cool as for me to see especially when like the rabbitos boys came into the studio and they did the podcast and then afterwards they just started kicking it around and talking shit and they're just like you or i man like they yeah. just knock about boys who mm. you know love having a beer and love talking shit and having a punt so yeah that was kind of the best night on the piss unfortunately it's pretty lame but <laughs> 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 that's about it that's cool bro now nah. Shisha and a couple of beers is the time of our lives, eh? Yeah, can't beat it. Awesome, bro. Well, um, appreciate your time, boy, coming on uh, on oh, Friday, easy, Arvo. Um, we could do this every for... week, huh? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the new show and go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, bro, but I appreciate it. Um, and I've learned a lot from this too. Uh, so thanks for jumping on, bro. If you just want to quickly plug yourself for anyone that doesn't already follow, you can find you, things like that. Oh, yes, sweet, bro. I appreciate it. It's um, just at vintage underscore kit on Instagram um, and show and go. We do the podcast on show and go on your podcast apps, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you want to get around a bit of YKTR banter and a bit of general sports chat, that's the place to go. But I appreciate you having me on, man. Hope I haven't bored you too much. <laughs> nah, that's awesome, brother. All the best. <laughs> Keep in touch. Cheers, brother. Okay, bro.